Ohio, go back to Virginia. Go somewhere I don't go and take everything with you. You left half of your apartment at my house. You're avoiding your involvement and your couch. If there's something that could warrant this behavior, please explain how someone could change. persuasion i'm your host amanda starling here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism diy and of course the music 
This week was all rise and grind since debuting the Angry Girl Mix playlist and Song of the Week. Thanks so much to everyone for their support and enthusiasm. It's been so much fun pushing new music in front of each of you, and I hope you'll continue to subscribe and follow to keep up with everything that I'm spinning. Tons of new music to be found, and if you have any recommendations, of course, hit me up on socials. I'm always on Twitter, kind of hooked at this point, and, you know, just tag me, send me a link. I'd love to hear what you're hearing. Always looking for new music. But uh, speaking of spinning, I can't stop after hearing Heather Rose and Clover. The three-piece out of Providence, Rhode Island has shaped out of the creative needs of vocalist Heather Rose. Here's the thing about Heather Rose and Clover. They're extremely passionate musicians, and you can just feel how much this band means to all of them throughout this interview. Heather and Lisa joined to talk about how they've influenced each other musically, what they love about playing together, how their record Canyons formed, and so much more. So with that, let's listen to Heather Rose and Clover and then hear from Lisa and Heather. So distorted 
welcome Heather and Lisa to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Good. Sweet, sweet. fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much for having us. It's our pleasure. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you both. You're in Providence, right? We are. Providence, Rhode Island. Yep. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it when I get to talk to bands that far up the East Coast and everything. It always sounds like it's so gorgeous up there and great music scenes. There are. It's it's nice to um, to be able to to hop state to state instead mm-hmm. of city to city, really. So I kind of don't know any other way yeah. to do it. Yeah, it's a really exciting time up here. Impressive music scene. So many good small and medium-sized bands going on up here. So it's been a pleasure and a blast to, to play around and get to meet a lot of new and different bands up here. So mm-hmm. yeah, glad to hear our reputation made it down south. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. your band seems so active. I mean, it looks like you're playing a ton of shows throughout the entire month of June and local festivals and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we, um, we somehow ended up with a crazy busy June. And then I was like, uh-oh, somewhere around May. Like, I, think I, I think I forgot to, to book July and August. But uh, yeah, we're working on it. We've got, we've got some big things coming up too uh, for the rest of the summer. But um, yeah, we just are excited to play. We've been waiting uh, a while to release the album. So that came out that came out in March and we've just been kind of pushing forward since yeah, then. Charge forward since mm-hmm. then. But yeah, we're um, trying to expand our reach and expand the bands that we're playing with. Um, I think up here in Providence, it's such a vibrant music scene that sometimes it's easy to kind of get in a little niche mm-hmm. and get in a pattern. Um, so we're, we're glad to hear that you noticed that expansion of our schedule and uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully you don't see the bags under our eyes, but we're doing our best to keep up with it. I know you hit that filter, right? There's some filter There's on the filter. video yes. thing that makes us look like, can we say that? Yes. Snapchat or something. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> I love that so much. I love hearing all these great stuff that you're up to. And I saw that like you've either, I can't remember if it's you played with them already or, or that you're playing with them soon, but weekend friends you are playing with all kinds of really awesome bands that are up and coming too so it's a nice club to be in that's for sure yeah they're they're great we love them um they're like our our musical besties uh when they tour around here um we started out as fans so we just had them crash at our house and then uh they played our album release and um Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, we'll hook up with them again soon. We're going to go see them this weekend. Yeah, I think they're opening for Slothrust in Boston this weekend. um, And we're really excited to see them there. But they're like top of the pyramid here in New England. They're incredibly talented. When you want to talk about touring, they are incredibly active. Yeah, they do not stop. Yeah, great people. They came back from Europe and are doing all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. Nice to hear that you know of them, too. Yeah, definitely. It's so cool that you have those kind of opportunities to kind of just grow off of each other, it seems like. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're ever changing their, their music. And it's sort of like you take, you take uh, musicians that inspire you. And I've always tried to learn from their successes and their mistakes and try to apply that (laughs) so we can have less mistakes and more successes. Um, So yeah, the, the more of a community group you build, even if it's yes. not a band that's from your town or from your city, I think it's, you can only become a better musician and a better performer because of it. Yeah, definitely. Those friendships go such a long way, whether it's you're learning from each other, you hit each other up and you're playing each other's towns, whatever. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. 
I love that you said that, you know, you kind of learn from each other in that sense and grow. I'm kind of wondering to kind of start from the beginning, how did you kind of each first kind of fall in love with music? You want to go? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I um, grew up uh, loud and proud as a music dork for as long as I can remember. Um, and my my parents were big fans of especially classic rock, but Motown and soul music. And um, my dad had a great record collection that I really dug into um, because I grew up in a pretty rural part of New England and it was, it was just a thing to do. And... Um, so that was really one main piece. Um, I fell in love with the movie Empire Records. So yeah. when I was a, a teenager, it was like still one of my favorite movies, but such a good soundtrack. There were so many good movies with good soundtracks yeah. in the 90s um, from singles and Empire Records craft. and all of that. The craft, yeah. oh my God, so good. Um, and then I made the terrible mistake of liking a boy when I was about 14 or 15 who played guitar. And I really wanted him to like me and I thought that he would like me more if I played guitar too. And, um, you know, I, my dad had a guitar for, and I used to kind of tinker around with it when I was a kid, but I really wanted to dig in and get this boy to like me. And I taught myself a bit of how to play guitar. And then we broke up after three months and I continued to play guitar um, from that point forward. And that is... Don't mind me, I'm just laughing. You can laugh, it's perfectly that. fine. Um, <laughs> I laugh when I tell it. So yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Well, I don't. <laughs> yes, that was my start of playing guitar. I remember taking, I was in photography class because again, I was like an art nerd and a music nerd and had four friends, but it was fine. And um, I How remember- How many were stuffed animals? <laughs> Three of them were? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reflecting back on my own childhood. Okay. But I was at, um, I think it was like a battle of the bands and we had broken up and I was front row taking pictures for the school yearbook and newspaper and stuff and just like silently weeping behind my camera because my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend was on stage and how cute he was and uh, <laughs> we were no longer together. And that's, that's the start of my sad never, journey. Never, never heard. You never heard that. No. Good. I'm glad no. I can tell you. My gosh. <laughs> oh my oh. goodness. You're it. Okay. All right. Uh, so, um, I remember, uh, just every single time my, um, my mom would get into the car, it would be a, a sing along and she would say, okay, you take the backups. Okay. I've got the lead. All right. You take the lead. And she listened to a lot of, of interesting stuff that sort of molded me from, from different areas. I, I remember, listening to just nonstop Led Zeppelin, like her Led Zeppelin vinyls. And um, my grandmother was super into Dolly Parton. So I, um, I didn't realize that you don't sing with like a drawl, like that's something that you get if you grow up in the South, but I sang <laughs> forever as like a little kid with like, you know, a little Southern drawl. Cause I just, all I was listening to was like, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, that sort of thing. Um, and then as I got older, um, I, I was, I, yeah, I was kind of an outcast, sort of like got picked on, was not popular at all. And so I spent many a Saturday nights just with, um, well, cassettes at the time, because I thought CDs were a fad. 
so I refused to buy any. <laughs> um, but I remember I was watching Beavis and Butthead, yes. and they used to have the music like inter like mingled within the tiny little episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's embarrassing to say, but that's how I discovered Belly, because no way they were. Um, Beavis and Butthead were making fun of their video, Feed the Tree. And I was like, to heck with the cartoon. Who is this? I love this. I think I was like 13 or something. And just got totally obsessed with Belly. Uh, That grew into Veruca Salt and um, Liz Fair. And on the other side, I was listening still to The Carpenters and to Tori Amos. And as... I think that was a really great time for like a female voice in music. Absolutely. Because you couldn't like the, the radio waves were off Fiona Apple and, and, um, and just so many really, really talented show crow. So I just, I loved it. And I just wanted to be able to, to play and express thoughts that I had and feelings that I had. But I think that's where I really kind of, in a Brian Wilson in my room sort of way, like started to like all sorts of music. And uh, then I got a guitar and it was terrible. It was terrible for quite some time, but I, I constantly wrote and it's just been growing and expanding ever since. Yeah. I love that so much. And it's funny that you kind of mentioned listening to kind of like country and like Southern music in particular growing up because and I hope that this this kind of fits your sound description, in, at least in some way. But I feel like some of it gives me the same vibes that I get from a lot of, like, Southern punk and, like, Southern rock in that sense. Maybe oh, right. it's vocal inflection or the style that you're intentionally writing. But I'm like, ah, oh, this feels familiar in the way that I experience here in Florida with a little bit of, like, that Southern punk heaviness. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, our um, our influences are so – gosh – they're really diverse. Most of mine are embarrassing, and Lisa doesn't like me to talk about them. No, there's but... no such thing as embarrassing in music. <laughs> Come on. Um, our drummer, uh, Chris, is very into um, metal and, and hard rock and punk. And Lisa has your palette of music is on the heavier side. Yes. And so they go off and play in a quarter of the sandbox. And I'm like, I'm just going to listen to Lana Del Rey and some Kylie Minogue and I'll be over there in a bit. And, (laughs) but I still love quite a bit of the stuff that you listen to too. But I think that we, um, we're often compared to like, you know, like nineties rock. If you have like two seconds of an elevator pitch of like, what do you sound like? Mm -hmm. Um, But we listen to all sorts of stuff. And it, I, yeah. I hope that it makes like each song eclectic, but still sound like us. That's always our goal to, no matter what the BPM or, or the style, that right. it still sounds like, like Heather Rose and Clover. Yeah, I definitely think you accomplished that. Cause like, there's so many influences that I can feel in it. Cause it's like, when you mentioned earlier, a lot of like the feminist, like right girl punk bands that you were kind of citing and stuff. Um, I, yes. mm-hmm. I hear that so much in your music too. My first instinct was just like, this is definitely like got some influence from that era, but you really made it your own and very like 2019. Right on. Thank you. Thank you very That's much. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's just always a learning experience for us. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to discover this random new band that has 
300 likes on Facebook. And then I just, I get obsessed with them for, I love how creative bands are today and they're, they're not um, restricted to the traditional structure or to the traditional instrumentation. And I think there's a, at least up here in the Northeast, there's a strong community feel where, you know, everybody can kind of talk to each other and say, wow, really like this track. Would you do here? Hey, can you come sit in on the studio, uh, you know, session with us over there? And there's all these really interesting projects that branch off from that. So I don't know if you see that in your area as well, but Definitely. just feels like very community based up here lately. And it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. It makes a world of difference when you have that independent, not just music scene, but community in that sense. Cause it's like yeah. you're writing music together or you're sharing like how you did it. So that way somebody else just goes and expands that idea in the way that suits them. Yeah. And I mean, it's not to be the, what do you always call me? Debbie Downer? Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but it is a choice. It's a choice that you make to, or at least I shouldn't speak for, for other people, but I, I made the choice after having like a bunch of bumps in the, the road towards where I'm at today with the band um, to only surround myself with positive people who have my best interests in mind. And it's really hard and sometimes you get tricked and you're like, oh, <laughs> I fell for that, didn't I? Yep. Mm -hmm. But um, if we play with musicians and bands and they're kind of crap people, but they're super talented, I would way rather play with musicians who are still like really kind of carving out their sound, but are nice. It's just life is too short than to, to hang around with people with egos and, and brattiness. Um, and I think that the more that I consciously made that choice every time I had the decision to like go this way or that, that's what's made us feel like we have more of a community here because the people that we associate with, gosh, we played, when we played PBD Fest, mm -hmm. we played with a Latin band. Yes. Never in, you would never put a Latin band on a bill with us, but they had gotten moved from a different stage. They were super sweet and like incredibly talented. Yeah. And we had such a blast and, you know, we were trying to support them. They came out and supported us. And that's that community that I think we can all build because I think we're chasing, we're all chasing the same pie, but the slice is so small for all of us. Mm. There's always going to be somebody who is more famous than you. And you might hit that um, mark of success, but there's always something after that. So um, I don't know. We try to talk about it as a band that we always try to figure out what's, what's the goal? What are we chasing? Mm. And it's, to me is that joy and that feeling and that like adrenaline rush when you're on stage and when you write a new song and you release that album and you see people's faces in the front and they're, you know, jumping along with you when you're performing. That's, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. It's not, it's not to sell 10,000 records or a million records. It's, I don't know. You can We're not against that. selling 10,000 okay. records. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice I'm not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not that DIY, oh, but, <laughs> No, it's okay to own your interest in success and stuff. And it's so good that you both have that interest in working with people who are just genuinely good in that sense. And from my understanding with Heather Rose and Clover, that was kind of the intention whenever you launched this specific project was finding people that you could play with that kind of gave you that positivity, that encouragement, and that just overall ability to kind of work together. Is that right? Yeah, it's... Um it's tough enough to be in a band and, and hold down a day job and um, hashtag adulting and all that jazz. Um, 
if you're going to be spending, it's sort of like the same concept with, uh, with a job that, you know, you're trying to pay your bills with. If you go to your job every day and you loathe it, then you're actually spending more time there than you are at home with your family or your friends. And so if that job sucks, like, ugh, it just sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been in that place and like, I like my job now, so I'm not in that place, but I wanted to, I wanted to be able to come to practice and have it feel more like a family, mm -hmm. like brothers and sisters. Although now I just said my poor, my poor brain, my Adderall's wearing off. I just said, brothers and sisters, pump up the volume. Pump. So yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got so many jingles and like wasted. That's how we start our practice generally. Yeah, really. <laughs> of pump up the volume. No, we don't. No, mostly, <laughs> mostly it's Chris and Lisa making fun of me for something that no. I, we're all sort of dorks and awkward turtles in our, our own way, but uh yeah. It works. Yep. So it far. works. Cause we all are. If one of us was, except Chris is extremely fit and he intimidates me. He like runs marathons. It's, that's a different kind of rock and roll than I'm able to latch onto right now, but it's good. Other than he that. He does his thing. He's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let them be the fit punks. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool. Cause from my understanding of your story too, it's like Lisa was one of the, those people that you were able to connect with and really, uh, just shape what this chapter of Heather's and the Clover was too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to talk about how you decided to. <laughs> how <laughs> so I jumped in? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so Heather's been playing music in different bands and different iterations um, for longer than me. Um, and we, met seven years ago we met and um, it's, only, it's terrifying because we're married that's right it, it's if you were just my friend it wouldn't be terrifying well, you'd be like wow we've known each other for that long but it's still yeah i had that moment in, of panic of how long have okay that's good we passed both of us that's good um <laughs> so we met we started dating um and i kind of had a front row seat to the the ins and outs of okay this player came in uh-oh they're gone okay you went through the you know um, audition round, tried these people. Okay, they rotated out, and um, I was kind of a musician for myself and self-taught, and um, watched all of this churn happen. And I forget how long it took, but there was just one point in time I said, "Can I audition? You need a bass player, right? Let me let me try bass. I played guitar. Let me see how different it is. Give me give me a little bit of time. Let me see what I can do." And I think um, your initial reaction was kind of to chuckle, um, but only because sometimes that's a death wish. Sure, it's absolutely. like you're in college and a really pretty girl says, "Want to read my poetry?" And you're like, "Oh no, I like her. <laughs> I like her so much. What if I don't like her poetry? Oh my gosh, what if she's a terrible writer?" Um, yeah, but it took you two weeks to learn all the songs, and she'd never touched a face before, so. I'm Impressive. crazy proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried and it worked out and I was and still am sometimes terrified to play in front of people. I want a Harry Potter invisibility cloak most of the time. It would make me <laughs> feel better. Um, but yeah, and it just, I said, just let me try. Let me try and maybe I can be a placeholder until you find somebody who's the right fit. And I think we all just started having a ton of fun and I feel like I really grew and continue to grow as a bass player and as a backing vocalist and 
it's, it's an experiment that's still ongoing, but I think that you know, I'm always going to feel like I have a lot more to learn and a lot more uh, improvements I can make, but that's how I jumped in and haven't been kicked out yet, which is fantastic. <laughs> so. I almost have. That's you guys true. try to kick that's me out. Like every time. <laughs> that's so cool that you were able to expand your musical ability, Lisa, just jumping in there and learning to play bass. Um, what do you like about playing bass in this project? You know, it's, um, it's just, it's a blast and it's um, something that we have a lot of freedom with. And I think even Chris on drums and Heather on guitar, I think we all are such music fans that we kind of tag team the writing and we tag team the creativity process where, you know, I think of bass like a guitarist, not necessarily as a rhythm player. Um, so I think there are pieces that I may be able to come up with that are different, not necessarily right. And I have a great um, drummer, great percussionist, and a great lead singer, and a great musician, and a guitarist who can say, you know what, try this, try that. Heather's got a great ear to say, can you make this sound like a broken window fan? Or can you, you know, she'll come up with these random ideas. That's, That's such, so cool. a, such a sweet way to say that I'm challenging, very challenging. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very odd with, uh, I will hear, I'll hear like a, um, I'll hear a sound that probably shouldn't come out of, of bass and just describe it to you and your eyes will get big and then you'll try it and it will sound just like it. <laughs> yeah. I, what did I, I told uh, Chris to sound like a tugboat yep. on the drums and he was like, uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. And then it, it made it on the album. And we throw like, a lot of stuff out too, but about? we, you know, yeah. some of these ideas of like, Hey, you know what, can you try something crazy? Just go try to sound like this. Yeah. And then we might form a song around that. So I think that's, that's what drives me is this creative process and getting to hang out with my two of my best friends all the time and play music and have craft beer. And it's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Let me expand on that. <laughs> Their craft beer collection is ridiculous. So I don't, I don't drink really. Um, I'll have like maybe like maybe like a half a beer once every like three months or something. But because I'm such a lightweight, it it is it seems like I drank six. But um, <laughs> when they say you know whenever they talk about like oh yeah like beer at practice, you picture this like you know long haired crazy rock band from the 80s just like crushing cans of, no they're nerds they have craft beer and they select one beer <laughs> and they have one beer and then they talk about the the undertones the and yeah. the notes and it's like oh my god you're the biggest nerd rock stars like i love it cuz you have beer club slash band practice yeah it's yep. really great beer club i like that yeah it's distinguished <laughs> it's actually a really good band name Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Adding that one to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that you have so much fun playing together, writing together, exploring sounds. Like that approach of describing a sound and then writing to it is something I've never heard of before. And that's so unique. Is this How does that kind of come to you, Heather? Um, I can never pronounce the word that I... I say that I sent the synesthesia synesthesia. I think that I'm pronouncing it right. So some, some artists see, um, colors mm -hmm. and I see shapes. Um, so I see notes and, um, 
different uh, progressions in, in music as shapes. It's super hard to describe and it makes it sound like I'm dropping acid right now, but I can't, I don't know why, but it's just how I see it. So like, I'll see like a triangle will represent like a certain sound and a certain chord to me and to find people who can understand my gibberish. Like <laughs> we had one drummer at one point who called me, um, Heather Rosetta Stone because it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but once you understand what I'm trying to get at, then I I hope it gets easier. Um, yeah, I'm I'm one of those oddballs who will be like walking in a park or, or walking down the street and we'll hear like rhythm and like tires going by and then we'll be like, I wonder what speed that is. And huh, I'll record a little piece of that and then I'll sing to it and then I'll bring it down. Um, so. I guess we have sort of an organic kind of feel to to writing and building songs, but the the main thing is that no matter how shiny and poppy it is, when I make it, when I hand it off, all of that heaviness will splash some of the hit some of the glitter off, and it'll sound like us. Because if not, I'm sure I could be quite happy just uh, singing pop tunes. But I don't know. I miss you guys. I think I miss you. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool how you approach songwriting in that way because it's it it does seem like it still carries that organic nature though when you listen to the recordings because maybe maybe it's from the nature of how you wrote it. Um, what was it like for you to kind of write and release Canyons? It's been like a labor of love. It's been about oh god, I think seven to 10 years of trying to had, um, we were in one studio and the files got um, corrupted. So we sort of had to start over oh, and um, the cover of Canyons is um, kind of representative of the, the struggle and the journey that it took to write it. It's like a demolished kind of city but the the beauty that can come out from underneath the city is like this um, picture of some uh, like the Grand Canyon and just like a lot of beauty. So because I was trying to come to a place where I I could accept that had this been released five years ago, it'd be a completely different album. Mm-hmm. And now it feels it feels right, and the stuff that we're creating currently is is even more of an expression of right now where I feel it's almost an anthology of canyons in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I really, I think this might be the first album I released that I'm like happy with the whole thing, but yeah. it took a very long time <laughs> to, it, it's tough not to like keep poking at mm-hmm. a song and being like, all right, can I do this to it? Can I do that to it? So um Chris is um, is pretty laid back and quiet. And one day we were having a band meeting. Is like, how about how about you just how about you just release those songs? Just like, just release them, and we'll write more, and we'll add to it. And we'll make a full album. And it seems like such a simple thing to say, but I think I needed someone that I I trusted and cared about besides Lisa because that doesn't, it, it counts, but in a way that you never listen. I never listen to what she says and I'll come back like a month later and be like, someone at work just told me about the greatest <laughs> band. And she's like, oh, the one that I told you about two months ago. But um, <laughs> so you get to say, I told you so a lot. <laughs> oh, 
that's basically the, she has a sign she just holds up and points to that. <laughs> or didn't I tell Save you that? Save it for every Tuesday. Yeah. Special yep. occasion. We debrief. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're thrilled with, um, with the album and it's nice to have, we decided to print CDs so that we could have them on hand and share them with, with other bands. And um, I'm still, still in that like generational thing where I like to touch an album and read the inside of it and, and explore it sort of rather than uh, just have it digitally, which is also awesome. But there's like a relationship I feel that you build with an album when you can hold it in your hands and like. There was a really nice gentleman who came up after the show and um, was chatting with us at our merch table. And he said, oh, you have CDs. My daughter would love your band. Can you please sign it? And it was like the first time in my life anybody ever wanted me to sign anything where I wasn't giving them money in addition <laughs> to it. Um, but yeah, it was just so sweet to have that conversation and to have a physical thing that, that you know, I dream about this um, young woman who might have this and say, oh, I can play guitar, I can play drums, or I can write a hip hop album, or I can do whatever I want to do. And maybe that could be a catalyst for creativity. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's got the ability to be not just tactile in the sense of like holding it, but it can become like a memento or something that's just like a reminder. Like, I, I'm very sentimental. That's why I collect records in that sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, then you understand. Yes. <laughs> So if you don't mind, kind of like back to canyons and stuff, I really love everything that this record explores. I feel like, um, I like, you had this description, I feel like on your SoundCloud of like how, you know, with the whole canyon concept, it kind of revealing parts of yourself over time and all the change. And then um, so many of the songs in this record feel like, you know, some self-acceptance, acceptance of the relationships that changed in your life and um, a lot of self-growth. Is that something that you're kind of intending when you put together this kind of anthology of music? Um, I think my initial intention was just to get through what I was experiencing at the time that mm -hmm. inspired the writing of the songs. But then when I looked back at it, you know, if you take one of those songs out and replace it with another one of ours, it changes the whole mm -hmm. album, I think. I guess even Keel, there's like heartbreaking ones and there's the, the bratty breakup songs, which I super love writing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of larger themes Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we when we voted on what songs went on the album, we were I don't think we disagreed very much at all. No, and I think that um, for someone who came into the band more recently, um, a number of the songs were originally written just by Heather and were crafted and were done and were polished um, when I came into the band. And then I think satellites true north and insomnia were three songs that i believe the three of us kind of polished and wrote together yeah, together yeah. so those three songs are towards the tail end of the story um mm. and i'm going to say two of those songs are about our relationship as mm. a married couple and they tell two very different sides of the same relationship. And oh my gosh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely and right. And it's um <laughs> <laughs> so as 
sometimes we, we joke with each other and sometimes it's hard to be married, but in a band because, um, sometimes, sometimes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> um, so we, sometimes I, when we have disagreements, I'll say, I'm talking to you as your bass player right yeah. now, or Heather will say, I'm talking to you as your wife right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sometimes hard to wear only one of those hats. Um, and I think those two songs in particular, True North, I think, is, is one of the brighter, sweeter songs on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's about that, you know, those moments where life is busy and you're, you're chasing the sunset to try to get home to spend that little bit of time with that person about us right in the same time period. And it's a, to try to balance everything and try to figure out how we fit as a couple into everything that's going on. And part of the stress in that situation had to do with our band and trying to balance all of that. So yeah. um, I, those are the three songs that are the most personal to me because I was a part of those and the crafting of those. But um, I think it's, in a way, it's almost like a linear story if you reshuffle the songs because it kind of tells a lot of what your experience has been. Yeah, I don't think I've tried that yet, but I bet that I could put them in like chronological mm. order and it would paint, hopefully, a very inspiring picture by the end of it all. Um, I think so, because like, yeah. I mean, not to get cheesy on you for a second here, but like you do have a happy ending in that sense and you're kind of able to see like what healthy, good relationships look like and yeah, with the right yeah. person. It's just, it makes it special. I think having examples of like, wow, this because no matter who writes a song, I think the general public always assumes it's the person who is singing. So, you know, I think listening to this album, oh, the, the person with that voice, it, wow, that was that, that must have sucked. That was a terrible time. And mm-hmm. oh man, like someone must have passed away. And I identify with that. And I can like listen to this song and maybe find some comfort in the experience I'm having. And also, oh wow, sometimes they did find love and it's Mm -hmm. just life is so complex that to only focus on the negative or the positive I think would be disingenuous so I think the way it landed yeah and we talk a lot about too I think we're such a, a mobile world and such a digital world and we live in social media so many of us do that we have as individuals control over what we show everyone else in terms of what goes on in our lives. And um, we've talked about that collectively is like, wow, those people are so happy. I just am jealous of their, you know, their relationship or their life, or they're always yeah. on vacation or they're, they have all these great things. But I think it's sometimes it's hard to remember that people show what they want to show. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me to say, relationships are hard. Sometimes you have great days and sometimes you're like, oh, I have to go home and talk to that person. <laughs> okay. So, but it's, it's always hard. It's hard work. And it's, it's more rewarding when you have those struggles to say, we made, we made that ourselves. Yeah. We made it through that. Yeah. And hopefully that's some of the messaging that will come through on Canyons. Everything dings in relationships, but that's kind of what brings the beauty sometimes. Yeah. That was very well put. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love that so much. Would you say that's what you really want your listeners to get out of the record as a whole? Or what are some things that you do want them to get out of listening to Canyons? I want them to have fun and, and like drive with it playing. I think there's a lot of great driving songs in there, um, highway songs. Uh, But anytime someone 
can I, and sometimes it'll be a song that I, I'm not even crazily emotionally attached to, but it will touch someone and they'll, they'll email us or they'll come up to us at a show and say like, ah, oh, you know, I, man, I, I wish I would have asked you to, I would was going to request that and tell you to send it to so-and-so, you know, um, music has saved my life so many times yeah. um, and gotten me through God, I could probably, I could probably name the Amy Mann album along with the person that I was currently broken up with. <laughs> like, and they just like, it, it helps, music helps me get through whatever I'm going through as much as it, it, it almost doesn't even matter what kind, what type of music, but mm-hmm. if, if you can identify with something and connect it helps in in my opinion to use that to reflect back on yourself and take a look at your situation so that would be awesome first and foremost i hope that listeners like the album canyons and and want to play it and and replay it on all those little platforms we're on and, and follow us and all the fun stuff like that but at the same time uh i think there's some substance there and hopefully they can walk away with it's something that can help them out on a on a bad day or make them anthemy and say yeah on a on a good day. Yeah. So definitely can say that that can be accomplished with this record because like I so love much. all the energy that you pump into the music itself, the subject matter that you cover, and like I don't know, I feel like I could just feel your energy. And when you sent over like the live video, um, I loved it because I could kind of get a vibe for like your live show presence and your onstage chemistry and everything. And I don't get to see that as often as I'd like to, because not everybody's been down here to tour yet and stuff. Yeah, yeah, Um, of course. How have you kind of cultivated kind of like your relationship on stage and like, you know, how, how do you want your audience to feel when they experience Heather Rose and Clover live? We try to make, I shouldn't say we, I say we, okay. We, um, try to make the audience feel as involved as possible mm-hmm. without doing the whole everybody's saying or let's clap along i'm so petrified of doing that i saw it go wrong <laughs> once just once at a show and i was like oh oh my god i need to get that that never that never singer a guitarist a, a coffee or something that the poor thing that that went terribly <laughs> bad um so it's not so much in a, um, in a way of like pulling people uh, verbally to us, but I think that just, ah, I wish I could figure out a way to, it's almost like if somebody doesn't look at you almost the whole show and then they do, like, whoa, they look, it doesn't matter how big the stage is. It's like your you're putting on a performance and this person who is watching you could be doing anything else. Right. And they're standing there and they're listening. And especially if they dig it and they're bopping around, mm-hmm. like I don't care if it's a free show or $10 or $15 show, like that is so important because if not for them, then I would just be playing in my basement. And, and that's, it's so important to convey those messages across and, you know, try to interact more um, 
on stage with with Lisa and, and Chris, and now we're so comfortable with each yeah. other, it's easier to to do that. Um, yeah, we've definitely evolved over time as we get more comfortable with each other and get you know super familiar with playing together. Um, I know for me personally, I really consciously try to focus on. It was hard for me at first to take up space when I was performing, and you know I felt like this is my job and I have to play bass and I this I stay here. This is what I do. Um, and then I realized I've gone to so many concerts that that must be terrible out there for people to see that. So, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying myself, but I got to get out of my own head and feeling, you know, nervous or shy about that. So um, I really consciously tried to, you know, like I mentioned, these guys are two of my best friends. And, you know, if I could pick anything to be doing, it would probably be playing music with them or you know, go into a tropical island. But other than that, it would be playing music with both of you. So um, she's it's, very honest. It's true. She's very honest, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, I really now try to consciously make myself take up space. I don't have to, I'm not sharing the stage. There's no one else who's going to come up and need space or I'm not being rude to anybody. Like this is, a, I can do that. And I think Heather does that a lot. And even Chris on drums, we really try to lock up with each other and, um, you know, even when Chris or I are not singing, we're singing and we're there and we're bopping around and jumping around because it's genuinely enjoyable and we want to, people are giving us the gift of their time and their attention and we really want to pull them in and give them a good experience too. I love that so much. And I love that you mentioned kind of like taking up space and everything because, um, it's hard for a lot of musicians or people in general to kind of come out of their shells when they're in that kind of yeah. uh, situation and everything. So it's really cool. It sounds like that's something you've like gained from playing live music, being a part of this. And I'm kind of wondering in general too, like what are some things that you feel like you've gained from playing in this project for Heather Rose and Club or out of all the music that you've played over the years? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think I'm allowed to be the most me mm -hmm. in this, mm -hmm. in this band. Um, it's only called Heather Rose and Clover because in Clover was taken <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, we'll just stick my name at the beginning and then we'll get rid of it after a while once we start to like pick up, but it seems like it's been working. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think the more comfortable that I became with where I was in my music career and it took a while to trust uh, people. And so now with the trust that I feel for, for Lisa and Chris, it allows me to be um, not so stoic on stage. And um, I, I feel way less contrived as a, as a performer because I hope that that viewers can can see us and and feel the relationship there that we're sort of goofballs and it, it's odd to to hear Lisa describe how shy she is on on stage and how she's worked through that. I can't order a pizza without stuttering. Like I am so socially awkward in regular off stage type things, but get me on a stage and I can play in front of a, a thousand people or five people and I act the same way. But um, I have odd anxieties that occur off stage, and wow, you're a much more well-rounded person now because you're fine in the no, real world, and you, you're doing fine great in the real on world stage. At all. No, <laughs> nope. I'm still trying to figure that one out too. But no, I think 
<laughs> it's, um, but it's my takeaway too is um, it's okay. We all have our own nuances, right? Before it's, it's okay. Like we all have those moments in time and we have to, you know, recognize when those are and help ourselves out or recognize it in your friends or in your partners um, and give them that space or give them that support that they might need mm-hmm. to say, okay, we got this. We're going to, you know, I'm going to be the cheerleader today or you're going to be the cheerleader tomorrow. And um, that's that kind of sense of community and that support. And I think that's what's grown in me from this project, along with being able to be a little more outwardly excited um, and let people see that. But um, (laughs) I think it's, it's that building and supporting each other and recognizing what, you know, we all have to contribute to, to each other as a collective. And that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, um, I sometimes feel a sense of responsibility to represent, um, uh, okay, I'm going to bring it up. Sure. We played a, a pre-Pride show the other night and not one, not two, not three, four people came up to me and said, you know, it's so great to see um, a, a feminine lesbian in the scene like performing and it's it almost sounded like they were talking about like an endangered species or something and it felt so weird because i was i've never felt i've never felt like part of the um lgbtq plus community i've always felt like i'm too too femme to be gay to kind of to be like I, I've always personally struggled with like where do I land among the community mm-hmm. but to hear people saying like gosh it's nice to see that represented I was like wow I didn't know that we were under I, I thought I personally was underrepresented and didn't know where the hell I stood but it was interesting and so it, it, it made me think like maybe everybody is just unsure of mm-hmm. themselves in mm-hmm. a way because if I, you know, if I, I don't, I don't think someone would look at me and be like, wow, she must be very marginalized and, and a minority type of, of musician. With, we we you carry know. privilege, right? So yeah, we, yeah. as um, females who identify uh, on the more femme side, we carry that privilege. We can, you know, we can blend a little we bit in pass, certain yeah. instances. In and, a dangerous situation, yeah. Yeah, and we carry privilege on, you know, in other areas as well, and I try to be mindful of that. And, um, you know, I think, again, that community is important. It was, I'm still struggling with that conversation that happened. Yeah. Um, we're kind of trying I'm to I'm going to think about out. it for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure, yeah, because at that point, it's like you're trying to fit – I think the biggest thing that more people are embracing now in 2019 in particular is that, you know, you don't have to have one identity and you don't have to fit in a box. And um, even in marginalized spaces, I think sometimes people feel like they have to check off all these boxes or certain mm. ones. And it's nice that you feel embraced in that sense now, because it's like, you know, you should have been from the start because right. the whole yeah. point, right. Is to yeah. be accepted. It's a very strange place to to be, but instead of making it, you know, throw me off, I was like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't even matter because these these four individuals saw something in me and our performance that made them feel more safe, more at home, or mm-hmm. something. Like, 
all right, call it whatever you want. And that's, that's great. If that can help someone um, feel like they have like a, a voice or, or someone at least sort of not speaking for them, but that they can kind of bond with and, mm -hmm. and, and look to as an example of, of someone in music that, you know, I do the same thing in other industries, mm -hmm. you know, so yes. I think I think it's a positive thing, but it was just an interesting thing because I'm not used to that type of type of approach. Unexpected, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well it's nice at least people are starting to see themselves in music and stuff, and you can be that example to them. I hope I can. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a little yeah. Role modeling is a it was a little scary at times. I I try to be a good person, but um <laughs> but there was a cool thing that happened to you at the the other set that we played at PVD Fest with the little girl who was in front, like with your bass, and um, I think she was drumming. Like I couldn't see because it was pitch black, so I didn't see as much of it. I think she was more on your side. Yeah, I think we um, we had some great experiences with those outdoor fests lately, and it's um, it's the younger kids, and it's um, I think in this instance that you're talking about, there was a, a younger girl with a hijab on, and she came right up front and she was going right with the drums and staying on. We could interact and kind of make that connection with someone. Um, she must have been maybe young. like five. Yeah. But the funny, like uh, less serious political take or anything is that there was, there was a gentleman who was up in the front on my side um, of the stage. Uh, I think he was enjoying himself, but it was getting a little bit, much and he kept shouting at me like yeah girl blah, 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 like all of this stuff and you'd said that you noticed the the promoter had come over and like spoke to him mm -hmm. and then the little girl's mother i think it was both at the same time so this uh gentleman got pulled over uh by the promoter to kind of chill out a little bit and the um young girl's mom came over and was like okay i think you're getting a little too close to directions yeah going on at the same time so it was and they both looked like they pointed hey, at each what? other. Like, look at this guy. Like, there he's like, like that little girl was what? Like, yeah. I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's wild. You get to see so much from like a foot and a half, <laughs> of, like plywood, just yeah. being there and like observing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's wild. And those are just tiny little like examples of, of what I love being in this band where I can have an experience like that and because we're all friends which doesn't always happen mm -hmm. in a band sometimes you know there's Jake who shows up and plays bass and then he's like peace and you don't see him until the next practice mm -hmm. so the fact that that we're close um I think it it helps to make an even bigger impact at and even if gigs don't go right mm -hmm we're all usually on the same page with that too. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. Get in the huddle, talk about it after and exactly. on the same page. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that so much. Well, one of the questions I always like to throw at the end of an interview is ask a, you can both pick your own answers for this, by the way, you could play with any three bands or musicians that we could, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would it be? Oh, wow. Oof. You, you've got to go. Oh, man. Oh, that's not nice. I shouldn't say you've got to go. Um, <laughs> I'm doing like top of head. Um, let me see. 
Oh man, I love Michelle and Deggio Cello um, as a bass player, as a songwriter, as a performer. She's just her, her her bass work is so intricate and so detailed and smart, and she's incredible. I'd love to sit with her and pick her brain. Um, so that's one for me for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You want to trade off? Yeah, sure. Right. Um, Veruca Salt. I know that I've already mentioned them, but I have daydreams about like a huge bill with like us and Liz Fair and, and Veruca Salt. I think that would be absolutely amazing um, for me and hopefully for others, but, mm. but for me, since I'm being asked the question and trying to think if there's like not so much of a pie in the sky Ooh. type one that we can pick. That I adore Wolf Alice. It's like oh, one of my favorite yeah. bands. They are just oh, yeah. incredible. So much energy, um, such good songwriting, and they just seem like such rad people. They would be incredible to to play with. Who else? Who else you got? Slater Kinney? Yeah, Slater Kinney all day. Absolutely. Especially because they're back. Yes. So and excited. Ba- it's so... And Man. produced by who now? St. Vincent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just... That's crazy. Yeah. That's not intimidating. Imagine walking, accidentally walking into that studio room. It's like, <laughs> sorry, I was just looking for the sorry. Room. Yeah, I was looking yeah. for the, sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. Um, that's a great question though. Back, oh from God, the, so many. back from the dead though. That's yeah. tricky. Gosh. Uh, I don't know. There's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're ruining your question. She's like, this is the last time I ask people this question. <laughs> no, um, I love the answers. Uh, Nina Simone. I, I can see that. I mean, it would be a very eclectic show, yes. but I would like to meet her. That yeah. would be that would be amazing. She just, yeah, there was so much there and so much, oh my God, so much fuel for songwriting and such a different style and influences. And yeah, I just adore her. I want to hug Karen Carpenter. Mm. And tell her not to, not to let the bastards get her down, mm-hmm. and just stay a while. Yeah, man. Yep. You gonna lock it in. Final answer. Yes. Or if Olivia Newton-John will have oh, me. Oh wow! All right. I love <laughs> I'm just saying. That was unexpected. I'm sorry. All right. No, but that's fine. That's a good choice. On the next podcast, when we talk about musicals, Heather can recite from the beginning to the end. That's a difference between us, isn't it? That's Chris won't be Chris won't be signing on for that. Either. You just did karaoke for Heather's birthday, and I think your one of your first choices was um, one of the songs from Chicago. Yeah, so it's yes. fun. It is. <laughs> I love it. Uh. I love your picks so much. These are so great. I hope that you get really awesome opportunities to play with some of these still existing. <laughs> well, we ha- we're having a lot of bands reunite these days. For, so for all we know. Our possibilities, maybe one or two of them. Yeah. See what we can do. When they're catching up on your podcast, hopefully they'll hear yeah, our endorsements. They'll hear the endorsements. Yeah. It's like they need to call you to book with you and then they need to call me so that way they can be on the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a win win. Yes. Yeah. It's a great strategy. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been so much fun talking to you both. Where can everybody keep up with Heather Rose and Clover online? Uh, we have our ever changing and evolving website, uh, Heather Rose in Clover.com. Uh, and we're on 
Facebook, of course, and our music just straight up like digital platforms are mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify. We could really use some more Spotify followers. We love to meet new people. We love to hear from them. Um, so yeah. we would love to catch up with some new fans, get some recommendations on where we can come and visit. And Yeah, trade shows. If yeah. there's any bands that are listening to this and they're like, ah, sounds like something that would work out yeah. on a bill. We'll do a swap. In any ways we can help other bands who are thinking about coming up to the Northeast, we'd love to help. Yeah, and reach out. We're going to come down and visit you in Florida sometime soon, we hope. Yay, I'd love that. Sweet. Awesome. Well, Thank you was, so much, Amanda. Seriously. There was so much talking to you both. It was fantastic. Thanks so much for having us. Racing the clock To get myself home Before dark The highway's like a parking lot I've got my heart My wits about
You just heard Heather Rose and Clover. Thank you so much to Heather and Lisa for reaching out and sharing this awesome record with me. Their music is packed with so much energy and personal impact that I'm sure you're all listening and hooked too. Be sure to follow Heather Rose and Clover on social media and grab their music ASAP. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, visit anchorgirlmusic.com. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at anchorgirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Till next time, stay angry. And see how you can work with others in your community. Bye for now. Oh, ah, ah, oh.